Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Hudson Mantha Stories. Uh, in this episode, Ms. Michelle and I catch up with Garrett Sherba. Garrett is a graduate of Hudson Montessori School, um, went on to Revere High School, and then on to University of Akron. And he currently works at PNC in Pittsburgh. Um, I think you'll find this a, a, a really interesting conversation. Um, Garrett is a deep and thoughtful thinker. I think you'll see that in his in the level of uh, uh, detail that he gives in his answers. And um, also, he just really is a great uh, uh, illustration of um, how uh, graduates of Hudson Montessori School are constantly learning and thinking of ways that they can um, better society. I think it's a, it's a really good reflection of that. So uh, enjoy this conversation, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey, Garrett, it's Miss Michelle and, uh, and Matt Virgil. How are you doing? Good. How are you? We're we're doing great. Thank thank you for joining us. I appreciate it on this episode of uh, Hudson Monta Stories. Um, Garrett, I thought we might start with you and I uh, and Miss Michelle were talking right before we started recording, and um, we were kind of ticking through your education. And obviously, you attended Hudson Montessori School. You um, started in third grade and graduated in eighth grade. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you graduated in 2008? Yes, that's correct. And from there, you went on to Revere High School and then to the University of Akron. And I kind of wanted to settle in a little bit on University of Akron. You, you, um, you're a political science, you were a political science major, um, uh, along with criminal justice. And you'll correct me if I'm wrong about that. But I, I guess I wanted to start out with just what what drew you to what drew you or draws you to political science and criminal justice? Yeah, um, certainly. So it's a very interesting field, actually. Um, it's in the social sciences and political science is a very broad, um, broad field. And you can study anything from government to how society functions, the the um, junction with psychology, sociology, um, and the like, and it it's really quite fascinating to me. I chose the degree particularly with the criminal justice focus to it. Um, that was my passion at the time. I wanted to get into federal law enforcement and investigations, so that's why mm -hmm. I chose criminal justice and the University of Akron didn't have just a straight criminal justice degree, which is what I was looking for. They only had the political science joint. It's not a dual major, um, but it's a joint degree, kind of a hybrid. And sure. um, I was skeptical at first, but having gone through four years of studying in this degree, I never once contemplated changing my major. Um, mm. it, it really did, did, did great things um, in terms of my my undergraduate education um, because I was able to study essentially two fields simultaneously and see mm. the link between the theory of political science with the practical oh. application of criminal justice. Is it putting you on a spot to try to think of an example of that occurring? Of seeing that? Um, yeah. Like that, that juncture, so to speak. Yeah. So, so just off the top of my head, um, I don't know how fascinating <laughs> this would be, but um, I took several classes in actual, um, like conducting 
criminal investigations um, and looking at how you go about interviewing the the witnesses, um, looking at the evidence that you're collecting, preserving the evidence, so then the invest so then the prosecutors can can then take the case from the investigators and actual actually prosecute um, the suspect and having gone through that and you know practicing mock mock investigations and working a case that's the practical application but in the political science um, classroom you dive more heavily into well why does that law um, that the suspect is violating exist how did that come to be mm-hmm. what is the law um, how do you read and interpret the law? What's the foundation of that? Why does society even have laws? Um, what's yeah. the philosophy behind that? So that's that. That's what I'm talking about between the interconnectedness. You actually get the understanding and the answer to the why questions, um, and that's what political scientists seek to answer every day. Why does someone behave the way that they do? Um, what is the driving factor of society at large behaving the way that it does or monolithically a country for that matter and that's the whole field of international relations so from that you moved on to um, a, a master's in arts and you have a master's in arts in a political in political science and you were telling us that it's on a national security track um, uh, to just clarify was that also at Akron Yep. Yep. I moved right in to my okay. graduate coursework from undergrad. So uh, did did what we just did, did that intersection of sort of uh, theory and application also continue on into your MA or did you focus on other things altogether? Um, in, while I was pursuing my graduate coursework? Yeah. Yeah. In your master's program. Yeah, um, I, I flipped gears. Um, the security studies um, degree that I have is actually more tied to international relations, um, even though since it was in political science, you could study anything that is political science related. But I particularly focused on um, on international security. My region of focus um, in graduate school was Pakistan. And my professor is a is a national expert in in Pakistan's um, um, kind of security posture and public opinion in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So I took the opportunity and seized it to learn directly from him, and and he kind of took me under his wing. And I did two major studies, um, two major public opinion studies um, in my in graduate school pertaining to Pakistan um, and the, the militancy engagement over there in the tribal areas situated between Afghanistan and Pakistan. What do they call that region? I forget. It's the, the um, federally, federally administered tribal areas, the Fatah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, did some of your classmates uh, consider or move into like to take the foreign service exam? Is that a path for people who who, who pursue that degree? Certainly, it's a path. Um, some people go go on to to work uh, for the government. 
um, be it the U.S. government or at mm -hmm. the federal level or state or even local gover governments, um, one one at um, one route into that is certainly the foreign or civil service exam. Um, oh, civil. Yeah, right. Yeah. But others go on to become intelligent officers in either the civilian IC or the military um, um, IC, uh, th th which is the um, intelligence community. So, you know, when you're looking at intelligence agencies, CIA, NSA, the like, um, others go into federal law enforcement. Um, they have intelligence arms. Intelligence is, is the big, the big one looking at security studies. I would imagine. Others go Are on you? to pursue PhDs. PhDs. Mm -hmm. Is it, uh, well, uh, maybe I'll come back to that in a second to ask if you are, would consider that. But so you, you have, uh, I don't know if it's a unique path, but your path, it wasn't necessarily covered in what you just said. You currently work at PNC, you're in a technology development program. Could you talk a little bit about what took you from your master's program to PNC? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, I, I'm now at PNC Bank um, at their headquarters in, in Pittsburgh, and it's a great opportunity that, that I've kind of been placed in. Um, I graduated in 2018 with my master's and spent seven months navigating the the market looking for a job, and it, it's tough out there. It, it truly is. And mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out, well, what are some fields that I could penetrate into, and one of which that I came to was cybersecurity. So through a connection, I had a, a meeting with a cybersecurity um, intelligence specialist here at the bank. And he basically said, your your resume looks good. Qualifi qualifications are good for intelligence, but in cybersecurity, you don't have the technical background. Um, uh -huh. And that was a little bit discouraging. But he said, we have this technology development program and that is a year-long rotational program where you are rotating through different areas across the bank, including cybersecurity, physical security, um, operations, uh, data analytics, software development, auto intelligent automation, where we're automating human-based processes to make our internal um, human assets more efficient and to leverage their judgment, something that a computer just can't do and giving them more meaningful work. Um, and then DevOps, which is another concept in information technology. So it's a good umbrella um, experience where I'm learning a lot of neat things. And it's kind of shifting my path yet again, but it was a good avenue into um, my my career from college. This is a good interlude to, to be a part of. So it sounds like, I mean, you you literally are learning something new every day. Yeah, yeah, every day. I never stop learning. And I guess, um, you know, that that's one good thing about technology is it forces you to evolve and to adapt to to what's emerging each and every day. I mean, and, and I actually, it's cool. I have a hand in in innovating what, what we're using. What is, so last question on this path. So like, what are the biggest threats to banks from a cybersecurity perspective? angle um well i guess i'll preface this with what 
um, I say during this podcast and what my own beliefs are, they, they don't reflect my employer of PNC Bank. Um, okay. So, th- you know, this is me, Garrett Sherba, talking. Um, threats, I mean, there, there's unique threats to financial institutions, but but there's um, but what we're faced with, you know, it's what anyone can be faced with from from the healthcare insurance world to 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 um, manufacturing industries as a whole, and there's just bad actors out there navigating the the tools. And, and exploiting them to their benefits. I mean, when you're looking at the dark web and what, what they're doing through that platform, um, mm-hmm. it's just awe-inspiring. And it's, it's, really, it's really interesting to see what angles they're, they're attacking. But the, the greatest threats, um, I don't know if I, if I can give you just, you know, that answer. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a, but that's that's interesting that you're. I'm glad that there are people like you at banks to keep, <laughs> and other and other businesses like you suggest to keep that keep data and and customer records safe. So yeah, that sounds like important work. You <clears throat> let's shift a little bit to personal. You are you got married in 2017. Can you uh, introduce us to your wife and and just talk a little bit about what you guys like to do in free time? Yeah, yeah, my wife is is Crystal and um she she's a wonderful wonderful person and I'm very fortunate to have her in my life. Um we met while I was still in in undergrad and she was an under, undergrad as well. Um she actually went to Ashland University and um and we just had a, a nice dating relationship. We were dating with a purpose and um I, I proposed soon after I started graduate school and we got married a year later um, in, in Akron and we've had a wonderful marriage ever since. She is very supportive um, and 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 I you know I have the opportunity to be supportive back to her. Um, but she's a data analyst still still in Akron. she works remote um, for mm. a company and it made the transition to Pittsburgh nice, but it, it's kind of cool because we can each have, you know, contribute to our nerdy conversations and intellectual <laughs> stimulating conversations that we have every day. Um, so yeah, it's a good match. And what what do you guys like to do for fun? Uh, for fun? Well, right now, so when we were in Akron, um, there was a Metro park right by that we would go to frequently and just take walks along the the path we started fishing but since we're in pittsburgh now we're living downtown and so we're taking full advantage of experiencing the urban environment so we don't don't leave the city too often um except to come back to ohio or or grocery shop i sold my truck so we're down to one car and truly um truly living the the full experience um and just exploring downtown cool it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful it town. You're lucky. Yeah. Um, let me shift to some of the questions that we always ask guests on this um, on this podcast. Um, what What are you curious about right now? What What has you thinking, questioning? Yeah. Um, probably one thing that I'm most curious about, and it developed as a curiosity a couple months ago, 
and that is infrastructure architecture. Um, it's where I will be spending my associate's choice time in the development program at PNC. Um, and hopefully that will be the team that I get placed on full time. Um, it's a very neat field to, to be a part of. And um, I, I really appreciate PNC for giving me the opportunity to, to explore it and to challenge myself in it um, because it everything comes back to, to our own internal infrastructure. Hmm. That's uh, you, you think that way, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So infrastructure architecture, um, if you don't know, it's the platforms and data centers that all of our technology and data are hosted on. So um, what I would be doing is helping to architect and design that, those, that infrastructure um, to make it more efficient, more resilient, um, to ensure it's constantly evolving with what is out there in the marketplace and that our environment is meeting federal and international standards um, for financial institutions and data management. Um, and it what, what's intriguing is it has the twist of security. You know, we need to make yeah. sure we safeguard our data. Um, it has the twist of national security um, in that we want the systems to be resilient, to come back um, live if it experiences some catastrophic event or even not even... Or even just remain unaffected from a catastrophic event. That's always the the goal. So um, it, it's challenging, it's intriguing, but it's in everything what we do, no matter what what bank you're working you're banking with, or what um, e-commerce site you're yeah. you're using, yeah. or social yeah. media site you're interacting with. Hmm. Um. What, uh, this almost sounds like a weird diversion, but, uh, what TV show do you like? <laughs> uh, my, so my favorite TV show, it used to be NCIS, the going back to my <laughs> law enforcement, um, um, days, but then it, it then transitioned to in college to Blue Bloods, which is another law enforcement show. And I think that's Blue Bloods is still my my favorite TV show. If you don't um, know, it's with Tom Selleck and right. um, and he's just a great actor. And it, it, it it's it's a fun show to watch because you don't need to watch each episode um, uh, yeah. um, like on a serial ba- yeah. basis, but the plot line between each that eat that unfolds is pretty pretty fun to watch and it gives you some good insight into just like family values and um how to just be a good productive person in society and kind of take care of those that don't have the um that that aren't as fortunate as you i would say that's well said well who's been the kindest to you in your life um, so that's transition. So it used to be my parents, particularly my mom, and and you know they still they still are. Um, but my wife certainly in the immediate term. Um, I mean, when I first pursued the masters, um, the level of support that she has. I mean, it's not a any, she did not question anything. She did not. Um, she was not hesitant. It was yes, absolutely, do it. Sign up today. Same thing when I got offered the job at PNC Bank. Um, you know, I, we had to relocate and there was no hesitation whatsoever. So I cannot ask for a more supportive, kind 
loving person in my life than, than my wife. That's great. Um, Miss Michelle was talking about uh, fun, a, fun, we, a funny story, and it had to involve. Uh, what did you say, Miss Michelle? It was citizen arrest? Okay, so what is citizen arrest? I don't know. If you, do you remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was with. Um, that was a funny, funny time with me, you, and Miss Laura. I'm pretty sure. Correct. Yeah. And were we in the parking lot at the Barlow Center? After Correct. one of the um, the plays, yes. I don't remember what you did though, but I remember we called out "citizen arrest." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I probably <laughs> was doing something to joke around or something, and they they um, turn turn around quickly and and threw it right back at me. <laughs> yeah. But no, you know, then that was always fun with Hudson Montessori. Is you had that that ability to get down to business. There was always that line of respect, but you could joke around and, and learn and, um, and, and mature as well. You know, that, that was a very mature environment. So. That's cool. Uh, You have an amazingly interesting profession, but if you could just create a different um, or, you know, choose a different profession, what would you choose and why? Yeah, I would choose air traffic controller. Um, I thought that's like the most stressful job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife probably wouldn't be too kind to that. She, she, I think is quite happy that I'm no longer pursuing law enforcement. Um, but, um, but you know, kudos to all that do. Um, what interests me about air traffic control is, so my dad, uh, used to be a private pilot. Um, and I was able to talk on the, on the radio while we were in flight and, it was always interesting just to to listen to, and not too many people do, you know, listen to air traffic controllers and the whole process of communication. But it is very intriguing. Um, it is stressful. Um, you have to be quick to, you know, to know exactly what what you want to say, and it's very regimented. Um, but it's fascinating because the thousands um, of planes yeah. that are flying every day are at the the control of a, a team of individuals that get us to point A to point B, and they are monitoring weather patterns, um, watching out for other aircraft and objects that are in your path, um, constantly looking at emergency landing uh, routes and destinations um, in times of crisis. And it's a good infrastructure that, that we have um, internationally. And I don't know, I think to be a part of that would, would be fascinating. I, I really do, even though it's stressful. <laughs> we, um, uh, so you're the first person who said that, and um, <laughs> most of them want to be chefs. So uh, perhaps you can get the <laughs> to come to a restaurant, land at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. or like My that. wife and I, you know, cook constantly and we often cook together. So, um, you know, I, I, chef would also be a good, good profession. <laughs> Um, uh, what, what turns you off? Um, I would have to say, um, unconscious bias, um, having tried to navigate the market set for seven months after I graduated, um, with two degrees is, was very challenging, but also eye-opening. Um, the amount of rejections that recent grads 
get really is um, discouraging because the market is quite frankly mandating um, education, but also experience for yeah. entry level positions. And it just oftentimes isn't possible to get in college. And um, what, what really um, is, is neat about my employer is the willingness to, to assume risk in, in talent, um, in younger talent and um, diverse talent, you know, something that isn't in the norm, but outside of the norm. I mean, how I landed up in technology at a, at the ninth largest bank in the nation, you know, I couldn't tell you, um, but they see value in people the way that others don't. And other, you know, companies are missing out um, on this talent. So I would say that that is the most discouraging thing is just the untapped talent that we have in this world. And it's all because they don't meet um, something conventional. They might be totally unconventional, but they still have value there that isn't being utilized the way that it could be. That's really that's a really thoughtful answer. Yeah, I would think like liberal arts colleges would would really support what you're saying. Yeah, I'm all for liberal arts colleges. My degree, you know, Akron may not be you know properly deemed a liberal arts um, college, but I think I think it is. You know, I mean. Um, to unite the humanities with the sciences and technologies and arts, you know, is is um, should be mandated mandated across all education institutions in this country. I mean, when you look at Montessori, you know, it's doing that each and every day, um, yeah. and that's the beauty of it. And it just makes for more well-rounded scholars and members of our society. That is well said. Um, what's your favorite word or phrase? Um, well, so I, I was thinking this over. I, I love words. I didn't always, you know, in elementary school, I probably hated, um, vocab lessons and studying the 20 lists or the, the list of 20 words at each week. But, um, now I, I love them and I aggravate my family members because I use words that they don't know. And it's like, well, one word can, it might have more characters than, you know, three words combined, but still one word than over three words, you know, and describing one, one thing. But, um, so I like to learn new words and, and to use them in my everyday vocabulary. But one that I recently learned, that's kind of a fun one to use and I don't get to use it too often is precarious. Um, and I first learned it when we were touring apartments in the city and we were wondering, you know, how big is this one closet? And someone said, well, you can open it up. It might be a little precarious. So I went home and looked up the word and it's like, oh, that's, you know, a very fun word to use. I'm going to try to use that every possible instance I have. So (laughs) precarious would be my favorite, at least right now that could change next week. (laughs) <laughs> and then closing out, what's your favorite memory or experience at HMS? At HMS, um, it goes back to the very first time I, I went to HMS, and that was um, in second grade when I shadowed the school and spent the day in Miss Babs' classroom, now Miss McDonald. Um, and my cousin Kaylee was there, and I remember meeting a bunch of students that I would have grown up with. Um, Trent Pacer sticks out to me. I remember he sat across um, the circle from me on that day, but 
the just the welcoming community at at HMS and the the environment. I mean, I I went home. I I remember going home that day and just like could can't waiting to to go back. And I came from another Montessori school, um, so I knew about Montessori and I knew that's where I wanted to be. But um, I liked Hudson Montessori since day one, um, since before I was even a student there, um, and. That, yeah, that that's probably my my most favorite memory. I remember meeting Miss Jean on that day, or reconnecting with her. She was my principal at the other school, and she was um, substitute teaching for the upper elementary classroom that day. So that 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 added to it because that was a familiar. She was a familiar face. Um, but yeah, that's day great. One. Well, we'd like to hear that, and we'd like to think that that still continues here. That it's a uh a welcoming and an exciting environment. Well, Garrett, you've been really kind to give us your time and your perspective. Um, uh, we wish you well at PNC and uh, obviously with your marriage and look forward to keeping in touch with, um, with you and what you're up to. No problem. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye now. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hudson Monta Stories. Uh, if you have any feedback about our podcast or ideas of topics that you'd like us to address, uh, you can always drop me an email. My name is Matt Virgil, and my email is mvirgil, V-I-R-G-I-L, at hudsonmontestory.org. I'd love to hear from you. And, of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can always be alerted when we release one. Uh, there's uh, three ways you can do that. You can subscribe on Apple iTunes. Uh, through Spotify or on Google Play. If you just search Hudson Montessori's, it should bring it up and you can subscribe. And of course, if you write us a review, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, that's one way that uh, we can grow the podcast. So thanks again for tuning in as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.